Brand new series. Brand new series begins today. Let's put that title screen up there if you got it, because I'm going to go ahead and lay it on the line right now, what I'm going to be talking about for at least the next three weeks. It is a series that I am simply calling pronouns. Have you heard that word lately? Has anybody heard the word pronouns lately? Oh, yeah. I, I, listen, we were all taught about pronouns, but we were not taught that we were ever going to have to anticipate a moment where pronouns would take on a life of their own. And that is exactly what's happened, and I'm going to preach it today. And some of y'all already think you know what I'm going to preach, but let me just tell you, you don't. Touch your neighbor and tell them, expect the unexpected. Here we go. I want to say right off the bat that I am not intending to hurt anyone. This is not a personal attack towards any individual or group of people. This is more, if I could just tell it like it is, about me and my God and about you and your God than it is about anyone else or any group. I had five people say amen right now. The rest of y'all scared to death. Y'all praying for me. But, look at your neighbor and tell them, but, but I am not going to be afraid to speak against any movement that would speak against my God and try to groom our children, our grandchildren, and our families and manipulate the ones that we love. Okay? I am responsible for the sheep of this house. I am responsible for my own children, my grandchildren, everyone that's in my personal family, but I am responsible for the sheep of this house. If you didn't know this, let me tell you, the word pastor means shepherd. A shepherd is not a shepherd if you don't care about his sheep. In fact, John chapter 10 said, you will always have one of two types of people in the pulpit of a local church. You will have a shepherd or you will have a hireling. And you can always know the difference the moment that the wolves come after the sheep. Because when the wolves come after the sheep, the hirelings run. Because they have nothing invested in the sheep. It's a job. It's a title. It's a paycheck. It's a retirement plan. It's an ego trip. It's a generational pass down because the daddy was a preacher or the granddaddy was a preacher. But shepherds smell like sheep. If your shepherd doesn't smell like sheep, if he's untouchable, if he's too afraid to speak on sensitive subjects that is for the protection of the sheep, find you another shepherd. I'm preaching better than y'all shout. I am also a spiritual father. Therefore, I am responsible just like I am for my own flesh and blood, sons and daughters. I am responsible for the sons and the daughters of this house. And can I tell you something, men and women of God? So are you. This is not the preacher's job to stand for truth. This is not the preacher's God job only. To stand for righteousness and holiness. Oh, I know that's a cuss word in some churches. I'm going to say it again. Holiness is still a standard. Listen, you need to know what holiness is and what it's not. Because without it, you cannot see God. 
That's what the Bible says. Without holiness, you cannot see God. There should be a standard for the body of Christ. There should be a difference. If they cannot tell a difference in us, then what are we doing? Have we really been changed? I'm not talking about a judgmental mean spirit. I'm not talking about saying that anyone is banned from the, from worshiping with us. I don't care what your lifestyle choice is. I don't care who you're living with, who you're in love with, who you sleep with, what you're smoking, what you're snorting, what you're shooting up. I don't care what you did at the club last night or who you woke up with this morning. You are welcome and will be loved in this house. But you better know this. I'm not going to placate to the devil. Woo, I'm preaching good already. I can tell because it's quiet. Pronouns. Somebody shout pronouns. Look at your neighbor and tell him, you will respect my pronouns. Hey, don't we have the right to demand that? If I, I turn on the TV. I, I'm being told I got to do it. I'm being told that I got to, we're being told that our kindergarten and elementary children have got to do it. I got a friend who coaches in one of the, he coaches in the most wealthiest school district in America. More money, their budget for their school district every year is over $1 billion. This is a friend that I've known almost all my life. He's in another state. He lives there. He called me up one day and he told me, I need to tell you about him. He teaches there. Of a teacher's union meeting from our school district that I just came out of. This is what he told me. He told me, and it went into a bunch of things that I won't go into today. They're on the news. You can probably figure it out. They've been on the news. They were the ones that ever, you'd see on the news where the parents were coming. They were arresting the parents, dragging them out, duct taping their hands, parents, and dragging them out of PTA and board meetings. Because they were standing up and saying, I do not want my child being taught this. They brought them into a meeting and began to say several different things. And one of the things that they said was to the coaches of the football and the basketball team, of the boys' sports. This is what this district told, and my friend was in the meeting. If you say to a football player, man up, or be a man, from this day forward is a fireable offense. A fireable offense. To say, man up. He did not hear that through the grapevine. He was in the meeting. He was told that from the wealthiest school district in the nation. When you got over a billion dollars to fund an agenda, you can shape a culture. Oh, I'm preaching good. See, y'all still don't know what I'm preaching. Y'all think that's what I'm preaching on today, but it ain't. This is called an introduction. Pronoun. I know what a pronoun is. I, I, I didn't graduate at the top of my class. 
But I watch Schoolhouse Rock. Huh? I know what a conjunction is too. What's your function? Well, you think I learned the preamble? We the people, sing it with, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, to ordain and establish this constitution of United States of America. Schoolhouse Rock, baby. That was from the 80s and I still remember it. Maybe we need to start singing scripture so we can memorize it. Pronouns. Pronouns. Today's part is you need to know your identity. Look at your neighbor and tell me, you need to know your identity. I want to begin this series, this three-part series, telling you what I think is the ultimate goal of what is happening in our culture. It is not really an attack on the gender or even identity of an individual or a group of people. It is ultimately an attack on our Creator God. See, as I said, I understand what a pronoun is. A pronoun is a word that can function by itself as a noun phrase and refers either to the participants in the discord, example, I, you, or to someone or something mentioned elsewhere in the discourse, example, she, it, this. It is designed to help in telling a story of stating a fact by simplifying the description of a man, woman, or group. In other words, I could say the red-headed guy that lives next door that drives he drives a black truck. I could say that and that would be okay. But if I wanted to shorten it and I was already talking about my neighbor or the red-headed guy, I could simply say he drives a truck or he drives a black truck. He that he pronoun literally summed up the red-headed guy that lives next door. That is the function of a pronoun. Supposed to be. But for the sake of this series and for the sake of you having a teachable spirit, I need to go a little further. The term pronoun now, I think you would agree, has taken on a life of its own. Culture is so full of themselves in this day and time that they have took the rights upon them to simply change the meaning of anything they want to change. And I'm not even talking about gender and identity. Now, I'm talking about they decided to change what a pronoun is. That has existed in grammar as long as grammar has existed. Pronouns now are not even an issue of grammar. 
In fact, I dare say many teachers who are teaching small children grammar, and when it comes time to teach them on pronouns, are not either going to do this or feel pressured to also now include in the teaching of pronouns that it can also be used as identity. Instead of he means uh, the red-haired guy that lives next door drives a black truck or he drives a black truck, instead of teaching a pronoun, now they're being pressured. You cannot just teach the original Webster's Dictionary definition of pronoun. Watch this. You cannot go to any any dictionary online right now and look up the word pronoun that it does not also now include identity. I'm preaching a whole lot better than y'all's yeah. Hey, look at it this way. I get to say what you all want to say but are afraid to say. And I have to take the brunt of it, so at least you could do is shout amen to me. Pronouns have now taken on a life of their own. It has now become not grammar, but a title or an identity. In fact, I dare say in our culture today, certain people are more concerned with their pronoun or their chosen identity than they are their own name. Someone's name may be Larry. That would be an awesome name if it was. Someone's name may be Larry. Okay? Well, we know Larry's a masculine name and so forth. Uh, derives from Lawrence. Also means king. In Larry's unauthorized dictionary. No. It actually does mean that, Lawrence does. Watch this. But they are more concerned... Larry is more concerned, many, many Larrys are more concerned that you don't really call them Larry as much as they are that you call them Z. Z-E. That's a, that's a pronoun now that some people go by, Z. Or, 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 they. That's the one. That, I mean, they. They. So you don't call me he, you don't call me she, you call me they. Well, what's your pastor's name? Well, their name is Larry. Oh, you're talking about Pastor Larry and his wife Sandy? No, I'm talking about Pastor Larry. You may be surprised to know, and I know some of you think I'm making fun of you some and, and I am sort of making light of what this is because somebody needs to point out the ridiculousness of this okay okay let's just tell it like it is but it, I'm talking about the movement if you identify with this the same blood of Jesus that was shed on that cross is available to you as it was an alcoholic a liar an adulterer sin can be forgiven no matter what it is Some of you visitors, this might be the last Sunday you have with us. I hope not. There are at least 78 
at least 78 personal identification pronouns now. People have identified as non-binary. You'll hear that term a lot. Non-binary simply means I don't line up with either one. I want you to hear this. Agender, having no gender or being genderless. Uh, Bigender, having two gender identities either at the same time or interchangeably. Demi-boy, partially but not completely identifying as a man or a boy. Demi-gender, having partial connection with one gender or another. Demi-girl, partially but not completely identifying as a woman. Not reading all these. Envy, they do. Envy, envy, E-N-B-Y, a slang term to refer to, to, refer to a non-binary person, but not all non-binary identify with this term. Gender fluid, moving from two or more gender identities at different times and different circumstances throughout the day. Gender queer, gender queer, a non-normative or queer gender having no exclusive connection to any gender. Multi-gender, having more than one gender. Non-binary, we've talked about that, which is an umbrella that covers it all. Pangender, having many or all genders within one's culture. Trans-feminine, a person assigned male at birth who identifies as a feminine gender, but does not necessarily identify as a woman. A trans-masculine or trans-mask is a person assigned female at birth who identifies with a masculine gender, but does not necessarily identify with a man. Can I tell you, I know what this sounds like, but if you don't hear it here, where are you going to hear this? Nothing that you watch or scroll with your thumb is going to tell you what I'm about to tell you. Nothing. In fact, if you're watching online right now, you better watch it live because I'm sure the replay's not going to make it. You see, when you can successfully convince the masses to be confused about their identity or to recreate their identity, I want to say to you what is really going on. This is a gateway, just like certain drugs are gateways to other drugs. You would think, well, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'd never do heroin. But you multiple gateways lead to heroin. I'm sure, this, I'm sure this has happened, but very few heroin addicts started off using drugs at heroin. They told themselves, I know I can handle this, but I would never do that. All around us, there are gateways that the enemy... I've told you all this before. The devil plays the long game. We expect everything to be like this. And when something happens and slaps us in the face, we're like, my God, how did we get here? Because we got here because we just went along with the long game. This is the ultimate goal. I want to say something emphatically. It's not debatable. You don't have to agree with it or not. If you don't agree with this, you're wrong. Very seldom do I say that. We were created in the image of God. So, if there's a way for you to change that, 
It is an ultimate blasphemous statement against the creator of us. So if we can change our identity and gender, then why can't the one whose image we were created in be changed? Because the ultimate goal is not to convince you to change your identity and your gender. It is for you to accept that and therefore then say, but I'm created in the image of God. So if I'm created by my God in the image of God, and I have the ability to change my identity, then I now have the ability to change His. That's the long game, y'all. It's beyond us personally. It's the enemy chipping away at the identity of God. It's good preaching. Your eyes need to be open to what is really going on. There is a very intentional agenda. Let me help you. For those that think that the devil loves you, the devil is a liar and the father of lies and the truth's not in him. I don't care what he's told you, what he's promised you, what you felt, what you read. The devil hates you and the devil hates your identity. The reason he hates you and the reason he hates your identity is because every time he looks at you, you remind him of God. Come on, are you hearing me? If you were created in the image of God, then your identity is supposed to be in God. In Christ, not in culture. Come out from among them, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. So let's talk about our God before we talk about us. Exodus chapter 3, if you got your Bible, shout, I got my Bible. If not, we'll put it up on the screen. Watch this. Then Moses said to God, he's getting ready, he's at the burning bush. God's told him, go tell the children of Israel, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. They say to me, what is his name? And what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, listen to this. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. There had to be a strange thing to hear. I am who I am. Give me a name. I am who I am. I need to be able to describe you. I am who I am. You'll never get it, Moses. You'll never be able to tell them what I look like, what I sound like. My, your mind will never comprehend. So I'm just going to say it this way. I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent them, sent me to you. Woo, I could preach right here, y'all. It's some heavy stuff here. God was making it very clear. He did not just say, when Moses asked him, what shall I tell them your name? When I tried to describe them, he did not say at first, you tell them I am. He said, I am who I am. Are you hearing me? Then he went on to say, you just tell the children of Israel, I am sent you. 
But it was important to God for Moses to know something. I didn't choose a name I am. The reason I'm telling you to tell them I am sent you is because I need you to get this. I am who I am because I am who I am. There was nobody came before me. Nobody will be here after me. You had a creator. I did not. Nobody gets to define me. Nobody gets to mold me. Nobody gets to shake me. And quite frankly, nobody even gets to paint me. Because every time man tries to draw me or paint me, he tries to make me look like him. You go in a black church, Jesus is on the wall black. You go in a white church, he's got blonde hair and blue eyes on the wall. You go in a Hispanic church, he's Hispanic. Somehow you go in an Asian church, he's Asian. Every time man tries to describe God, he tries to make God look like man. And God said in his word, you have never been given the right to define me. You're a my identity has nothing to do with you but your identity has everything to do with me boy that's some good preaching up here and notice he said before I ever send you to Pharaoh I'm sending you to my people first because Pharaoh ain't gonna get it but my people are supposed to get it. As the church goes, quit thinking. The culture changes the church. No, uh, uh. The church changes the culture, good or bad. What you see going on in the world right now is a direct result of pastors wimping out. It is only happening out there because we stopped talking about it in here. They didn't take prayer away from us. We gave it away. They didn't create a right to abortion. We allowed it. They did not all of a sudden decide to redefine the family in marriage. We got too afraid to preach about holiness and they were not worried about what the church would say. I'm not talking about legalism, but I'm talking about this. There was a day that a king, a leader, a mayor, a governor would not do anything substantial without first bringing the men and the women of God in and seeking counsel. Most of my lifetime, Billy Graham, every single president, in Billy Graham's existence, while he was here, when he couldn't even hold, they had to wheel him in a wheelchair. He was still going to the White House. And I'm not saying the ones he was in there wanted him to even be there, but they was too afraid to not have the optic of not allowing Billy Graham to come talk to him. But let me ask you a question. Where's the preachers going to the White House now? Where's the, where's the images of the door being closed with a preacher in the presence? It's the only one in the room. You want to wonder why we're in the mess we're in? Where are the men and women of God? Slap your neighbor and tell him, wake up! 
It's 11-12 if you're taking medicine. Make sure you take that pill. He said, I am who I am. In other words, that was his way of saying, Moses, let me tell you something. Even you, son. I'm speaking to you from a burning bush. You ain't never done that before. But don't think that makes you special. You don't get to go back and tell them who you think I am. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many Instagram followers you got, how many YouTube subscribers you got. You ain't God. And you don't get to define him. Someone say this. Somebody say this out loud. If you're a believer and you're a Christian and you believe in Jesus Christ, say this out loud. I don't get the right to redefine my God. He is who he said he is. Come on, give him praise. You heard that, didn't you, Father? There's still a church down here that still believes in you. Speaking of Father, Psalm 68, 5 says he is a father to the fatherless. A defender. Look at that. He ain't a sissy. He ain't a wimp. Oh, I'm sorry. You can't say sissy anymore either. He is... A defender of the widow. God in his holy habitation. Can I tell you something? My God is a father. Matthew 23, 9, Jesus says, Do not call anyone on earth our father. For one is your father, he who is in heaven. He told the disciples, When you pray, pray after this manner. Our father who art in heaven. In fact, Scripture Contains approximately 170 references to God naming Him Father. Jesus Christ referred to God as the Father several times. And in other cases used masculine pronouns in reference to God. Not one instance does He call God He, She, or They. In the Gospels alone, Christ uses the term Father in a direct reference to God nearly 160 times in just a handful of little small stories that we even have of the ministry of Jesus Christ 160 times he refers to our father in fact we that believe in the Trinity believe there is one God who eternally exists and manifests and proclaims Himself in three persons, namely the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we see how they are. these are parts of one God and how God operates in our life. The Holy Spirit draws us to Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and shed His blood for us. He become the blood and sacrifice between us and our Father who is the Judge. But yet nowhere in Scripture or in nowhere, nowhere are we told to address a God that exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as they. Even when on paper our minds can't comprehend what the Trinity even means. But if we were to write it down and put a column for the Father, column for the Son, column for the Holy Ghost, our finite minds and understanding of gender, understanding of people, understanding of, of rationalization and reason would look and say that it's, it's absolutely ap appropriate to use the pronoun for they because when I learned in school that meant multiple, so they. But God said, I'm not a they, I'm a he. 
I'm not a mother earth. The bottom line is this whole pronoun insanity that is happening in our nation and around the world is based on identity and not facts. They're not based on facts. Facts are, we're being continuously told to follow the science through all this mess that we just went through over the last two years. I know it was real. I know it was legitimate. I lost people that I love. I knew it was real. I'm not saying, I'm not doubting that it was real. But you, if you don't see by now the absolute agenda that was in play, you are asleep at the wheel. You didn't just give the wheel to Jesus. You just, you just laid down in the floorboard and let the car drive. Hit whatever it hit. There was an absolute agenda going on. It was a controlling agenda. And all of social media has done, social media is not the problem. Social media literally pulled the scab off and showed us what was underneath. And it's given a platform for children and adults, but many children who would have never questioned their identity, would have never questioned their gender, are now watching video after video after video that is planting seeds in their mind, and they're thinking, well, I don't, I don't like to play Army. I don't, I don't like to play with G.I. Joe. I, God forbid, I don't like the Rocky movies. kind of child are you raising? Just kidding. I, I actually like rom-coms. That's a romantic comedy, by the way. I actually like to watch Hallmark movies. Not being funny, but let me tell you, this is happening. Teacher, what, why don't why don't I like to watch the movies that all the guys like? I can't tell anybody else because they'll make fun of me. I like to watch Hallmark movies. Well, are you sure that you're not a girl? Because girls like to watch Hallmark movies. Listen, some of y'all are in here going, huh, I can tell right now I don't need to tell anybody that I like to watch Hallmark movies. <laughs> it's okay, y'all. I watched a ton of them myself. But I might have an agenda. No. <clears throat> okay. Okay. Here we go. Focus, Larry. Focus. Seriously, there's nothing wrong with it, okay? There's nothing wrong with it. That don't mean anything other than that's just what you like. That, that, don't, that don't make you all of a sudden something else that God made you. Are you hearing me? There were people that I went to school with back in the 80s. You know, back then, of course, you, you didn't hear a lot of people coming out and all that, but you knew, you knew. I mean, there's always been people who have different sexual preferences and all this kind of stuff, as long as humanity has existed. There were, there were like two or three guys in, in my class, and we was one of the smallest schools in, in, in the state, that everybody just thought. You know, you just didn't talk about it, but everybody just thought, okay. When he gets out of high school, and you know what? We were wrong. Because every one of them that had the most feminine personality never wanted to do anything that the guys did. All three of those guys 
have now been married to the same woman with children, working in churches and serving God over 30 years later. Because their personality had nothing to do with who God had made them. But now it's difficult for a child that made a, a... I mean, think about how many ladies in here who were tomboys when they were kids. Huh? But the pony, you ever saw them without a ponytail? They're out there working on the car with daddy. They like to go fishing rather than go shopping. And now they're beautiful. They've, they've got children of their own. They're married to a man. They're in love with them. They're a beautiful woman of God. But in our culture that we live today, we're like, I need to talk to you about something. I need, I need to talk to you about what this could possibly mean. Are you hearing me? Have you ever thought about the fact that you might be thinking the wrong thing about yourself? Can I tell you something? That is a physical manifestation of the spiritual issue that the church has been facing for generations. We have lost our identity. We care more about identifying with the world than we do with God. I don't care if you like it or not. That's the truth. Here we go. You ready? Oh, I got time, y'all. Ooh, it feels good. So, Genesis, let me start with the big one. Here's the big one. Genesis, y'all know I'm always going to go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 5, verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created, say it loud, He made in the likeness of God. He created, wait a minute, He didn't create them, talking about Adam. Adam didn't go by the pronoun they. He created them, and then He made sure so that there's no confusion. He created them, read it with me, male and female. And what? Blessed them. Some people read it this way. And God created Adam, and he blessed them. No. Male and female, and blessed them, and called them mankind. In the day they were created. Meaning, and the culture that don't know anything about God don't get this. They don't understand that within all of us is something called a spirit. Which is who we really are. Our real identity is our spirit. Because this flesh that's on the outside of me was created for this world. But when I die, or if I'm raptured, and I'm going to everybody in this room is either going to die or they're going to be faced with a rapture. They're either going to go away or they're going to be left behind. Either way, eternity is waiting on you. This flesh cannot live eternally. For tomorrow, morning, the man wants to die, and after that, the judgment. 
But my spirit man is eternal. And it may mess you up, ladies, but your spirit inside of you, according to Scripture, is called a spirit man. In fact, it's very offensive to people. They don't like this. But the term woman is a slur from the term womb man. Man, there was a day that I could have said that and never had the image just come into my mind. Because now you have men with a womb. No. No, you don't. No, you don't. Can y'all help me get back? Somebody just shout focus, Larry. Okay, here we go. Here we go. All right. Now watch this. The spirit man is called the spirit man because the spirit man, are you serious? Facebook just kicked us off. Take that, devil. See, some of y'all don't even know how to handle what just happened. I mean, what we're trying to say is, if you can make the metaverse happy and content, you're probably not making the kingdom happy and content. How about this? We was having church before Zuckerberg was even born. We were having church before there was a thing called YouTube. And if we have to go back to having church without a camera, my God will do it. But we will stand before God and we will hear God say, well done. Well, y'all really in trouble now because I ain't got nothing holding me back now. And how about this? How about this? They can't see me. They can't hear me. So I'm just really preaching to y'all. But if you have decided that live stream is going to be your church, what you going to do when this happens to your church? How you going to get the word? How you going to have a pastor? Get up off your lazy rear end, put some clothes on, and find you a local church, whether it's this church or another church. Get in the gathering. Now watch this. Male and female, he created them, and watch what? He blessed them. Now, I'm, I don't want to get too graphic on you here, but I got to tell it. You need to understand what's happening here. This is not that he just says, I bless you, female. I bless you, male. No, he blessed them with something that would forever change everything and would accomplish his kingdom. Because the first command that he gives this new creation called male and female is be fruitful and multiply. He blessed them with the blessing. They didn't come up with what they need for that to happen. God did. And when God came up with what they needed for that to happen, he blessed them with that gift. He says this is a gift for your pleasure, but more than anything, this is a gift of procreation. 
Did you hear what I just said? When you understand the plan of God, you are pro-creation. Oh, you didn't get it. See, see, when you understand how God blessed the man and the woman, he goes on to say, if you didn't really get what I meant, let me break it down for you. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. And in the natural, not just in the spirit, but in the natural, because of my blessing, the two shall become one flesh. This was being said to two individuals that did not have a father or mother. Why would God tell them that in the garden if he was not trying to make sure that mankind got it because his infinite wisdom he knew they will try to come against my plan which will in essence be anti-creation. For when you get it, you're pro-creation. How many of those when you're like, let's say, you know, you are, uh, I, don't know how to, I don't know what to come up with. Let's say you like Chevrolets over Fords. You say, I'm pro-Chevy. You get what I'm saying? That's a term we use to say, I'm for something. I'm pro it. You'll say, well, let's list the pros and the cons. How many of those, we've been sold a con? You can't get confusion without cons. And God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of procreation. <laughs> Woo! Feel that Ric Flair knowing coming on me. If y'all only knew what I had to push through this morning to get up here and preach like this, you'd be shouting better. Am I right, baby? I want to make a proclamation. My name is Larry Joe Rack. And I am a man. Ladies. You better declare something over your life. Because what you declare, remember the Bible says the power of life and death is in the, and the power of life and death is procreation. Life happens through procreation. So the power of creation is in your mouth. I wish I could get some women in here that on the count of three would shout, I am a woman. One, two, three. How do you know you're not a... Are you sure? You're not a... a Exodus chapter 20 verse 12 is another title and another identity that's tried to be taken from us. Honor your, say it with me, father and your mother, 
that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving you. There is an all-out attack in redefining a father and a mother. Let me tell you what makes you a father. You, stay with me before you think, well, it's more than that. I'll get to that too. But a father possesses a seed. A mother possesses a womb. Or, you might say, the fertile ground for the seed to be planted. A seed can impregnate a seed. A womb can't have a baby with another womb. A womb needs a seed. You take a pack of seeds that you got up in your cabinet and you pull it out and you put some, you put some, 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 uh, give me, give me a popular seed until I'm a farmer. Squash! Pumpkin, that's a good one. You take a pumpkin and you put a pumpkin, a pack of pumpkin seeds laying right next to a pack of squash seeds and say to the, to the pumpkin and the squash seeds, I can't wait to see that baby y'all going to make. It's going to be a squumpkin. A squumpkin. It's going to be the prettiest, cutest little squumpkin I've ever seen. But if there was... If there was a way for you to climb in that seed packet and talk to that pumpkin seed and say, baby, ain't you excited about the squumpkin that's coming? The pumpkin would say, dude, have you lost your mind? I mean, I, I like the squash and all. He's a good friend. We've been hanging out in this cabinet for years. But we both know we cannot procreate and become What's on the front of that package, that picture, that potential that God put in me, that I got the ability to become, I can't ever be it until I accept my place in this plan. You're going to have to dig a hole and stick me in. Well... What are y'all thinking? Get your holiness. Bring your holiness in this house. Don't you dare do that. I did not mean that. Listen. Even the term biology has been changed. Now biology has become political. Because we're being told during a pandemic Follow the science. Go to the CDC website. Follow the science. Okay, I did. I went to the CDC website to follow the science. While I was there, I saw a link at the top. It said how to use proper pronouns on the CDC.gov. So I clicked on it because I was following the science. And then the science of the CDC is where I found out that it's no longer appropriate to call a boy a boy and a girl and a girl. In fact, that's where I found out first that there are 78 variations of, of, of identity pronouns now and that because 
of worrying about people's mental state, we, the CDC has stepped in and said, we must begin to change what is into what we think it is for the sake of the culture that we're in. Well, can I tell you something? You take a drop of blood, you put it under a microscope, or you go wherever you got to go to see the chromosomes, and I'll tell you, I don't care how much makeup you got on, I don't care what you've cut off, what you've added, I don't care what you've done, the blood still speaks. That is science. That is biology. And I believe a lot more people would follow the science of the governmental science if they would take the politics out and just give us science. But it's hard to follow the science on one click than on the same website is coming against everything that God said in His Word on another click. So we don't know what science is and what is not. I don't need, I'm not being critical here. This, and you, I don't care, I, I, I care. It doesn't matter to me, and this statement is not a political statement. But I'm going to tell you, you don't have to be a biologist to be able to identify what a man or a woman is. It is in the chromosomes of our bloodstream. And let me tell you something, anyone that's ever been asked that question, and you know what I'm talking about. They know the truth. But the fear of the culture is so strong that the most powerful people in the world that have the power to redefine marriage, kill babies in the womb, come on, y'all hear me, across the board, everything that we don't stand for, that Supreme Court has made it possible. And the, the office and the robe, and I'm not just talking about this year, I'm talking about everybody that's on that court. Republican and Democrat. The goal was, say whatever I got to say to get on the bench. And then I'll do whatever I want to do. Because the reality is this. They know that if they say the truth when they've been asked the question, they'll never make it to the bench. I hope you come back next Sunday. Because it's going it's to be sweet next week. It's going to be sweet and kind. It's going it's to feel like marshmallows. I'm getting all the hard stuff out on day one. Follow the science. Okay. I will, but let me tell you something. True science. When you follow true science, it leads you to God. It's very important for you to get this revelation. If you didn't know this, it's very important in class for you to get this class. Every one of you, because you may not know this, you had a father and a mother. Oh, no, I didn't. I was raised by my grandma. I get it. I was basically raised by my, my grandma. I was raised most all my life by a single mom. But there was a man involved. It may have come through a, a, a mutual relationship. It may have come through a horrible, tragic relationship. And I mean this. I mean this with respect. You may be here as a result of your mother being raped. But here's what you need to know. As hard as that is for you to, difficult that is for you to process. What you've got to process is that you're here. And how you got here. It's not as important as you realizing you are here.
And if you are here, and I don't mean to belittle that by no means, but the fact that you are here means God has a purpose and a destiny for you. And it could be that how you got here becomes a part of your redemptive testimony that touches more lives and changes more lives than you could have ever changed before. I understand that not everyone had an active mother or father in their life. I only had an active mother. For those that know my story, I had two fathers that dropped me, threw me away, and said they did not want me. I didn't have to deal my whole childhood, teenage years, and, and adult life without an affirming father. I had to live my whole life without, a, with, without two affirming fathers. One that provided the seed and one that I took their name. And neither one of them, the seed bearer or the name giver, wanted to have anything to do with it. Here's why it's important for us to remember he's a father to the fatherless. Because when we change that and we lose that, where was I going to go? You say, well, I didn't have a mother. When you read something like I'm a father to the fatherless, do you not understand that means I will be your provider? One of the greatest reasons our culture, and I'm almost through, is the way it is now is due to the lack of active fathers and the way we treat fathers in our culture. Let me tell you something, parents and grandparents of small children, you better go in there and watch the cartoons that they're watching. You better go watch them. Because as you pass through while you're vacuuming or going outside or doing your own thing and looking at TikTok for yourself and it's in the background and it's a cute little cartoon that they're trans. They're transformed. Their minds are right there with it. If you watch it, not only will you see demonic elements, but almost unanimously. And I'm not saying this one's perfect by no means. The only one I've seen recently is Bluey. Is that what it's called, Bluey? Okay, Bluey's the only one I've seen that doesn't mock and make fun of the father. He is an active father in the lives of those children. Every other thing your children are watching, your, the father is a buffoon. He's an idiot. He is always wrong. The children are the authority in that room, and the father and the mother are both a joke. And if either one of them is ever a sympathetic character, it's always the mother. It's never the father. So is it any wonder that we have children now that are becoming adults who have no concept and no desire to hold on? to the concept of a father. Because I've heard people, many people have said this. Well, if our father in heaven is supposed to model for us what a father is like, and he put the office of father down here to show us, then I don't want that father. I've had people tell me that. I don't want your father. Because my image of a father is not real good right now. So what happened? The culture says, well, I understand then. Embrace mother. But what, what, what kind of lifestyle, what kind of choices do I need to make to, to serve mother God? Anything you want. Well, who's not going to want to serve that God? That's nothing against mothers. You understand what I'm saying? But they call her Mother Earth. Right now, all over the world, they're worshiping right now. Did y'all, y'all, y'all might not have seen it because they're not going to show it on the, on the news. 
they had a, a, a dedication to Mother Earth because it's Earth Day this week, Earth Week, whatever. And on the, on the steps of the Capitol, they had a, looked like a Hindu god variation or something. It was Mother Earth. And they were all dancing around with horns and masks that looked like goats. And they were honoring and worshiping Mother Earth on the steps of the Capitol of the United States of America. Last point. Are you still alive? Shout, I'm alive. So, so, so God, they're trying to reshape God. They're, run, they're trying to reshape the family. Taking away the names of father and mother. And here's another one. It's a big one that you need to identify with. Romans chapter 8. Ooh, that's a big chapter. I could preach every verse of that one. But verse 13 says this, For if you live according to the flesh, watch this, you will... But if I, but if live by the, if by, by the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, the deeds of the body, you will live. If you'll put to death the deeds of the body, the fleshly nature, you will live. Verse 14 is a big one. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are, don't get messed up, ladies. You understand what I mean by is when you are born again, your spirit man invites the Holy Spirit into your spirit. And you become born again. For this is who you are here. You are a man. You are a woman. You are a male. You are a female. But on the inside, we were all created in the image of God. Remember, the Bible said God created Adam from the dust of the earth, and he was just a statue. It was lifeless soul. Until God breathed into, into man. And man became a living soul. So in other words, what, he sa- what, what God was saying is, you know, where he spoke, spoke to the water and said to the water, bring forth fish. We spoke to the air. He, he pulled the birds out of the air. He spoke to the ground. He pulled forth every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Why did he do that? He always created the environment to sustain the creation first and then pulled the creation out of the environment that would sustain it. But when it came time to make man, he did not, he formed the flesh from the earth, meaning everything on this earth will feed this flesh. But he'll never be alive until he identifies with the one that made it all. Because ultimately, nothing on this earth can satisfy my spirit man. Nothing. So God said, I didn't speak to the water, to the air, to the ground. When I made man a living soul, I spoke to the only thing that could ever sustain him. I spoke to myself. And I called him out of me. That's why you called sons of God. Everybody. It's completely appropriate to call yourself a child of God. If you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, you've been brought out of bondage when you become a son or a daughter of God. But you receive the spirit of adoption by Him whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That literally means Daddy, Father. It means the most intimate form of Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are, shout it loud, children of God. Come on, that ain't loud. Shout it loud. Children of God. Shout, I'm a child of God. So therefore, my proper pronoun, one of them is child of God, Larry. This day forward, you shall address me as child of God, Pastor Larry, of the Most High God. 
And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. If we suffer with Him, we will be glorified together. God, that's good preaching. 1 Paul is saying, our identity as a child of God is rooted in being led by God. Even though everyone was created in the image of God, not everyone has the rights of a son or a daughter of God. You'll hear people say it like this. God is love. And, and He just, we're all His children. Nope. We're all His creation. But there are special privileges that come with being children of God. You become an heir of God. You become a joint heir with everything He paid the price for. And that's not reserved for every person breathing. That's reserved for those that are led by the Spirit of God. Then they become the sons of God. Are you here? Secondly, Paul speaks of returning to the spirit of bondage again. In other words, delivered from whatever identity the devil had confused or tricked you into believing about yourself. That once you take on the identity of Christ, the enemy will immediately try to use culture to pull you back to a previous identity. He says, Paul says, you're not, you're not going back to that bondage. Third, he says, we cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Father. You created me, and you are an active daddy in my life. Somebody say this with me. My father is present. Fourth, the benefits of child of God, identity, is that we become joint heirs with Christ. I've got to check in my spirit. I've got to go back and say something that I failed to say. Because I, I know some people. I know how the enemy works. You don't have to have the seed that made a baby to make you a daddy. You can still be a daddy to children that didn't come out of your loins. And mama, you can still be a mama to a baby that did not come out of your womb. I'm not talking about being a daddy and a mama. I'm talking about creation. Do you understand? I do not belittle that because I know people in this room and in my life that have been greater fathers and mothers to children that did not come out of their body than their own father or mother ever even dreamed of being. Amen? So I think we ought to give a hand to those that are parenting and living an example for children that are not their biological children. Come on. Show some love. I want to make sure you know my heart on that. I don't ever want you to think that I don't see the value in that. That is incredible. Because just because you made a baby don't make you a daddy. See, I'm going to close by this. When you attack or change the gender of God's creation, it is not a huge step from there to change God Himself. Isn't it strange that the concept of gender is really not about who you see yourself as? It would be one thing. It still wouldn't be okay and right. But it would be one thing if the whole movement of pronouns was about just being able to say, I feel this way, therefore I think this is who I am. But it's not about that. It is about sexuality. They do not want to teach our children to decide whether they're a boy or a girl. 
This is what you'll hear nowhere else, what you're about to hear. You ain't heard nobody say it. It is ultimately about them teaching them, a term that's very famous now is called grooming, of who they will have sex with one day. Not what they feel about themselves. Did you hear what I just said? It ain't about a boy feeling comfortable to call himself a girl. It is about that girl, that boy that now thinks he's a girl, changes his entire desire and thought process of who that boy will have sex with one day based on what he sees himself as. Let me, if I hadn't offended you before, let me just go ahead and offend you now. If you are okay with, under the guise of making sure you know, that children are not persecuted and children are not bullied, which I 1,000% agree upon. I don't care what choice a child or an adult even makes for that matter. No one has the right to physically abuse them. Are you hearing me? No one. No one. The Bible does not give you permission to do that. Jesus did not give you permission to do that. But if you are okay with your kindergarten children, first second and third grade children being taught about it's really important for them at that age to discover what they really are so that they can start taking the right medicine to block this thing called puberty so there's still a chance for them later on if you're okay with that let me tell you something first of all if, if you're really okay with that you probably didn't make it as far in this sermon but if you are okay with that I mean this in love. Before this service is over with you, you need to get down here in this altar and change your identity. Because you're not thinking like a Bible and a true Christian would think. How can you be okay with that? Because what you're saying is you're okay with a teacher, a grown adult man or woman, having a conversation with your child that you would not dare let anyone else in the world ever have. And you are turning them over to that? And you're okay with that? Well, my politician says he's okay with it, so i got to be okay with it. Maybe you need a new politician. Or maybe you just need to check out of politics and quit taking your orders from a politician. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Some of y'all more, hey, before y'all shout too loud, some of y'all care more about wearing a hat than you do about wearing righteousness. Why didn't you clap as loud then? Put more faith in a man that made a hat famous than you do put your, put your faith in a man that made the cross famous. Here's my question I want to ask you about the law that was in Florida. I want to ask you this question. What do you think would happen if the teachers union in Florida said, we want to be able to talk openly, because this was, the, this was the argument. You are not just harming those children. You are harming that teacher from being able to talk about their life. I saw one particular teacher on a major news organization saying, my kids, they were, this was the first grade class, my kids want to 
They want to hear about, I asked them what they did over the weekend. They want to know what I did over the weekend. I want to be able to tell them about what, this is a man, about what me and my husband did. It ain't, listen, it, I understand where he's coming from because he's like, how is that not right for me to be able to talk about me and my husband went to the park when the teacher right down the, the hallway is a woman she can talk about her and her husband going to the park. I got what he was saying. But here's my question. What do you think the teachers' union would, would do if all of a sudden thousands of teachers rose up and said, well, I want to be able to openly talk about my life as well. When they ask me about what I did over the weekend, I want to be able to say, well, I'm glad you asked, Johnny, because I was in a Holy Ghost awesome service. And God, there was a man that was in a wheelchair that stood up and walked. And my pastor laid hands on him and he preached the gospel. And our altars were filled with people giving their life to Jesus Christ. <gasps> no, they wouldn't do that. Because that's acknowledging Jesus. What if the school system approved? What if there was a national Christian appreciation month on your calendar what if everybody flew the cross out in front of their business during the month of easter what if every news organization ran segments every march or april wherever easter fell and every one of them were interviewing true on fire Christians about the, how the power of a resurrected Jesus changed everything for them. How would that go over? Because you can't tell me that you care about someone being able to talk about their lifestyle, which is not just a lifestyle, it's a sexual preference lifestyle. But yet I cannot talk about my faith They called it Don't Say Gay Bill. Well, there's been a Don't Say Jesus Bill around for a long time. Ain't nobody protesting that one. <laughs> I can see by the look on some of y'all's faces. I'm praying that I get to see you again. Here it is, here it is. Close number seven. One minute. Y'all ain't gonna start. Restaurants are still busy. It's really the same old same. It's the same spirit. The devil ain't doing nothing now that he ain't never done before. It's just the church is letting more and more of it happen. Same devil. He's not any meaner now, not any nastier than he's ever been. His original thing was, yeah, Eve. Come on, we all know. We see you every day tending this tree. What kind of God? You keep telling me that your God loves you. What kind of God is a God of love that would be so cruel to put you in a garden and show you all these trees and the prettiest, best-looking fruit that appeals to you that draws you 
the very one who says you can't have it. It's the forbidden fruit. Now, do you think that's what he really meant? Or do you think that he knows the day you eat from that tree, you'll finally be who on the inside you know you really are? Your true identity. You will be like him. You don't have to take a word he tells you. Yeah. You own this one. Here, Adam. Gutless, spineless man that wouldn't even stop me and stood back there to wait and see if I would die first. Here you eat. Immediately, the flesh became the most prominent in their identity. Where before their identity was completely spiritual. They were covered in the glory of God. But when they chose to go against God's procreation word, they identified with the snake in the tree. That's where we're headed. That there's a remnant that is standing up and saying, no, 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 no. Not on my watch. We will love everybody no matter where they're at, no matter what choices they make. We will not compromise our faith. Get up on your feet and give the Lord a praise right now. Come on. Praise Him. Somebody shout, I am a child of God. Say it again. I am a child of God. My identity is in Christ and Christ alone. Father, in the name of Jesus, is there anybody in this room right now that has sin in their life, choices that they have made, that they have made a decision today that they don't want to live in that choice. They want to live in your will for their lives. And Holy Spirit, you are drawing them to the cross, to transformation in their lives. God, if that is them, if that, is, if that is you, I want you to come. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. Who is that? Who is that? Oh, I thank God for our young people. I thank God for our young people in this church. They are determined. I mean, they are determined to be who God has called them to be. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Look at here. Look at here. Look at here. This is the generation we need to see in the altars. Can I get an amen? And this doesn't mean anything don't sit back here and try to figure out what it means it just may have nothing to do with anything i preached on today it's just young people saying i want to be real for you god i just want to be real for you i don't want to choose the choices of the word i want to choose the choices your word said is there anybody else church will you stretch your hands towards these young folks father we just thank you lord for this day we thank you god for these young people god that love you so desperately desire to live for you god father i pray as they stand here before you, Lord, open and honest, that you would speak through them, to their heart, for the decision they are making today. Those that are up here, I want the church to help them pray. Those that are up here in this altar, I want us all to say this out loud. Jesus.
I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Father God, I acknowledge you as my Father and that you sent Jesus to die for me. Jesus, I believe not only did you die for me, you came back from the dead. You are alive. Your Holy Spirit is drawing me and I accept him into my life. Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of every sin, every choice, and every decision that I've ever made. Cleanse me. I surrender my life. No matter what the world tells me, I will walk in my identity in Christ. For that is who you've made me. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Those who are up here, tell them how proud you are of them.